Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, the Lady of Tarth, um, on Twitter. I'm also on Tumblr at the Lady of Tarth-Posts. I am joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and I'm at Oxford Splice on Twitter. Okay, thanks for joining as we podcast um, in our reread of A Game of Thrones, Eddard 8. Um and heads up, if you are listening for the first time, we do spoil everything. Also, I'm just going to put in a trigger warning in case there's any discussion of rape or violence. Um, so we have, um, well, speaking of violence, King Robert wants Daenerys dead, pregnant Danny and her brother. <laughs> Ned implores Robert to, you know, not take this path, telling him you will dishonor yourself forever. And then Ned questions the validity of um, Varys's news. You know, is this even true? Many things could take place between now and, you know, her giving birth. She could have a miscarriage. It could be born a girl. And Ned tells Robert he would fear the Dothraki when his horses learn to walk on water. And, you know, King Robert, he's just annoyed with all the talk. He's, he's just, he just wants action. And, um, he demands to know where his council stands. Renly's like, kill her. Varys is, sadly, you have to kill her. Barristan, he says, you know, there's no honor in killing an enemy in the womb. Pycelle is all better to kill her now. If she has a son, it will save thousands later. And then Littlefinger's like, when you're in bed with an ugly woman, it's just best to get on with it. He's what just the gross. fuck is this analogy, Littlefinger? <laughs> Oh, he's totally, he's speaking, well, yeah. What? Nothing. I just. Little little finger, little finger. You you can't see my face right now, but I'm just sort of shaking my head going, you fucker, you know? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, he's the worst. Like, he is the worst. Like, he's just, his death will be delicious. Yeah, it really will. It really will. It's a long, long time coming, too. So, um, this see. is, oh, so I have to say, <laughs> this, this is, it's funny because in the last chapter we were having this discussion. I'm just like, why is Robert this obsessed with getting rid of Danny and Viserys? I mean, yes, in theory, the Dothraki could be a threat, but could they? I mean, like the whole thing, I'm kind of like, is, is this this big a concern? I don't know. You know what I think it is? I, I, I know. I, I'm not one of those people who are like, just pile on Cersei and blame Cersei for everything. But I could see her definitely influencing him this way. Because we know, you know, as we'll find out later, how her feelings are about, you know, threats. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, this I'm... is more personal for him. I mean... He was he was so obsessed about killing Rhaegar and so pissed that that Stannis let um not that he let, but that Stannis didn't get to Dragonstone in time. Um I mean and and I mean so 
pissed that he basically, you know, gave him the lesser prize. I mean, I, I think this is Robert. I think this is Robert who's never let this go. Yeah, some- it, it it really is. Well, Ned has that thought in this chapter. He's just like, this is just his continued revenge against Rhaegar, which it clearly is. I mean, this is just, this is like W invoiting, or invading Iraq. I mean, that's <laughs> just kind of, this is personal. <laughs> I want them all dead. Yes, I think that's what it is. And I mean, like, what it ultimately will show as we, you know, delve deeper into this chapter is just kind of like, um, this fracture of Ned's um, perception of who uh, Robert is as a person, right? Okay. Yeah, a long overdue fracture. Yeah. 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 See, so um, the talk then turns to like, how are we going to go about killing uh, Daenerys? And you know, Ned is disgusted, and he tells Robert not to ask him to put his seal on this decision, and. You know, Robert just blows a gasket. He's not used to any kind of defiance. Um, you know, he, he tells Ned that he will do what he's commanded or he'll find him a hand who will. And, you know, Ned is pretty much will take this job and shove it up your ass. <laughs> he's like, well, I love how it kind of devolves into you can tell this is a real fight between people who actually know each other. I mean, yeah. As much as Ned gives a little bit of lip service to Robert being the king in this conversation, it is the kind of fight that you would have with your, you know, 20 year long best friend when you are really pissed at them about something. It is very much kind of a raw argument that they have. And I kind of love it. And I kind of love the way that the way George does it. I mean, well, it reads very much like a lover's spat now, doesn't it? <laughs> you could say you could say. <laughs> Or not, but you know, <laughs> never Home, ever get Home on hates a our ship. Ned Burt shipping. I do. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun though. <laughs> Robert tells shaking my head again. Okay, <laughs> it's it's an audio medium, comma. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so see, Robert tells him to run back to Winterfell and never return. For if he sees his face again, he'll mount his head on a spike. And so Ned leaves um, the council to plot the murder of Daenerys. And uh, once he gets back to the Tower of the Hand, he um, starts to make plans to pack. He doesn't truly okay, believe. Can, can we oh, back yeah, yeah. up just a second sure. here a lot? So at the end of this, Ned is hearing them start to decide how they're going to how they're going to kill her. And I love that there's this moment where somebody I don't it might have been Pycelle. Somebody's like, well, you know, we could get the faceless men. And I love how Littlefinger pipes up and goes, do you have any idea what that costs? He's like, <laughs> it costs this amount just to kill a merchant. Like, clearly Littlefinger has tried to hire he the He has costed men. this out before. Or they've I'm had sure this discussion. Okay, so I, I'm just in so many meetings these days that I'm totally picturing the committee meeting where, you know, they the council there and they, they had this discussion and somebody... They were in an impasse and someone brightly turned to Littlefinger and said, do some benchmarking for us. Let us know what, you know. <laughs> I'm serious. I totally, I no, mean, they I know. Like, said it like that, but that's what they would have done. What's our budget for this project? That's yes. so gross. Like talking about murdering a pregnant young girl. <laughs> it's like. He's 14. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I mean that they've they've looked at faceless men before. I I bet you they have done that. I'm not saying that this well, conversation clearly has for something <laughs> for another project. 
for another project. He's working. He with has them. a spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> mm. Okay, so let's see. Oh yeah, Ned drives back to the tower. He's, you know, making plans to pack right away. He doesn't truly believe Robert would kill him, but thinks it's probably safest to move on ahead with his daughters. And Ned is happy at the thought of returning to Winterfell, but he's also, you know, a bit perturbed that he still hasn't yet settled all of these things that he's starting to unravel. Uh, he considers traveling by water and making a stop at Dragonstone so he can speak with Stannis um, regarding John Aaron. And then we also. Have, I love how oh. I love how I love how he's 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 convinced that John Aaron was murdered. He already knows John Aaron was murdered. He just like doesn't know how, and that might be because there were like twelve people who were killing him at the same time. Like, who knows who actually got the job done? We don't even know. I don't know if we'll ever know. I don't know if we'll ever know. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah. I mean, it could be a bunch of people from what we last talked about. <laughs> Let's see. Um, it's it's kind of like one of those old school, like, you know, black and white kind of dark comedies where there were seriously three people like in and out of his sick room trying to kill him on the same night. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's an old movie called the big sleep and it, it's like a Raymond Chandler novel. And apparently in the making of the film at some point, Humphrey Bogart turned to the director and said, who did kill so-and-so and like nobody knew. And honestly, it really wasn't the point, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the same with this, this obviously. Is, this is what this is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. There was also T- um, Tyrion's dagger to consider in Bran. And he wonders if Robert could have been a part of that. And, you know, he never would have even had had that thought before, you know, today. But with all the plotting with Daenerys to murder Daenerys, it's really got him questioning Robert. Which, why? I mean, he knows what Robert's reaction was when Robert saw that, you know, Rhaenys and Aegon, who were like a toddler and an infant, were killed. I mean, I don't know why he's surprised by this. It was just so easy to blame Lannister's men, right? Yeah, well, obviously, that's what Ned did. He's like, oh, Jamie's the bad guy here. Tywin's the bad guy here. And it's like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's one of those, you know. Maybe you're the baddie too, Ned. <laughs> Maybe. Am, am, am I the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's the hero in their own story. Yeah. Amen to that. Let's see. Uh, so, okay. So Littlefinger comes calling and Ned is in no mood for the man, but he sees him anyway. Littlefinger tells Ned that the council has decided to grant a title to he- whoever kills Daenerys. And he says it's much cheaper than hiring a faceless man. And then Littlefinger asks Ned when he plans to return to Winterfell, and Ned tells him, well, it's none of your concern. And Littlefinger then says, you know, but if you decide to stay for, you know, the evening, I can take you to a certain brothel you've been looking for. And that's how we end the chapter. Yeah. Ugh, Ned. Poor Ned. This is definitely the turn. You know, this chapter is, like, real, it's going to get real shitty. We're in the shit now. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny how Ned Ned knows he needs to get out of there, but he just keeps getting sucked back into this whole, you know, MacGuffin of John Aaron and this genealogy book. And you need to let it go, Ned. Yeah. 
Well, it's no accident Littlefinger arrived on his doorstep at this moment either, right? Because he's trying to keep Ned there. Oh, yeah, he wants Ned to stay there because he's trying to make a war. Yeah, and just, you know, a bonus having Ned killed. (laughs) Guess who's free? Mm. If Ned dies. Oh, God, gross. Anyway, we got any uh, mail for this? We did, and some of this we may have already... I'm going to ask him again. Uh, Wax Paper Door from the subreddit wants to know, um, I think we just actually touched on this, why on earth does Ned think that the Robert, who is fine with the death of Rhaegar's two baby children, would feel any differently about the death of Daenerys? Yeah, it's just willful blindness on Ned's part, you know, just not wanting to see Robert for who he really is. I think people do that. I think a lot of people do that. You just don't want to believe that so-and-so could be so do you think heartless. Guile, or... Do you think Guile does that? Because she loves Robert so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love, she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> I think Guile has admitted that she loved show Robert, who okay. is not as dark as book Robert. Is book Robert. Yeah, I can't, you, never I mean, hear, you never hear about the, you know... Oh, I'm glad you did the trigger warning. You know, you never hear about Robert raping Cersei and shit in the show. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... He's... Uh, I don't know. Well, it gets worse, too. I mean, yeah. you know, we're going to discuss uh, in the next chapter, it's... We're going to... Uh, you know, another awful, ugly layer yep. of Robert's onion getting peeled. Yeah. I think it's just... I think it's Ned just not wanting to go there, you know? Um, we also, and she told us how to pronounce her name and I forgot, um, Aruna 22, um, from the subreddit. I'm so sorry. Cause I keep, I keep butchering your name. Um, <laughs> I keep doing the mail and I keep butchering your name. Um, that's okay. I called Clotho Clotho for years. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> Uh, right. I'm torn. On one hand, I do not advocate for killing children, pregnant or not. On the other hand, burying your hand, your head in the sand until your enemies come knocking doesn't seem wise. So I honestly don't know with whom to side. Where do the lovely ladies and gent of the podcast stand? Also, what would have Ned's solution for dealing with Aegon, Rayella, Elia have been? Which is the m- most humane option that won't lead to a war and then she's got something else so let's maybe deal with this first yeah this is kind of a biggie i mean you probably what you do is you imprison elia i don't know maybe gets sent back to her family aegon rayella i i guess like humanely i mean because people have done things like this i mean you in prison it's like I mean, they're not in like hardcore, you know. It's like a nice jail. It's, it's like, a nice, it's a castle yeah. with servants and stuff. I mean, that would be the most humane, risky, but the most humane. So, I mean, would you have made efforts to do that with Daenerys? Because that's kind of like that's the immediate. I mean, that's the real threat, right? Or, I mean, I mean, assuming that Robert is willing to adapt. I don't know if, if if we're going back to that period, I mean, those kids are raised with other people and they're sort of married off to allies and stuff. 
or they stay in. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, who's it? Mary Queen of Scots, you know, like being in captivity. I mean, you could do something like that. You just have to hope that they don't bust out or that no one ever comes around and bust them out. I mean, I think there's just there there is no good solution. And I mean, you know, even talking about sending Elia back to Dorne, I mean, there's no humane solution. I mean, certainly not killing them is is more humane than killing them. But well, you there, know, you there is no good. You don't rape her, the woman and then no. you know bash her baby against the wall either. I mean, you know. No, dear God, no. I mean, like, yeah. I'm, I'm anti-child killing. I'm, a, I'm anti-killing yeah, I everybody. All, I, I don't. Can I comfortably say we are all anti-child killing? Uh, yeah. You can speak for all of us, comma. Yeah, you I go think, ahead. Yeah, it's a safe stance to take. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's one of those things though where you you would have had a continuing mess. It would have continued to be a mess, particularly mm-hmm. I think if Rhaegar's kids lived. There's something about. Um, sending Viserys and Rayella away to Dragonstone and eventually, um, you know, Daenerys being born there where they managed to isolate them in a way that, that didn't allow people to rally around them. Yeah. Um, I think part of that might've actually been because they were slightly autonomous on Dragonstone until Stannis finally, you know, invaded it. Um, I'm not really sure that there just didn't, there wasn't, there wasn't much um, rebellion in the mainland of Westeros um, for the amount of time that they were out there, which I think was like a couple of years, right? On Dragonstone. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> so that, that actually was a good solution. And, you know, if you, if you add Rhaegar's kids to that, I don't know if it stays that, that quiet because people liked Rhaegar where they hated Eris and, and you kind of get the sense that everybody kind of distrusts any of, of, Eris's children other than Rhaegar, who they knew as an adult and liked. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, I think Ned definitely has buried his head in the sand about what the solution would have been because Robert calls him on that earlier in this book where Ned's like, well, Jamie just, you know, killed him and went and sat on the throne. And Robert's like, well, what did you think was going to happen, Ned? <laughs> you heard well, it sounds like there was there was no real plan. I mean, I mean, Jamie thinks about that you know, when he's in the throne room that, you know, he doesn't know who's going to come take it. So, I mean, Robert's rebelling, but, you know, Tywin could have become, I mean, anyone could have really, well, not anyone, but people in a, from a somewhat large group of possibilities could have, yeah. yeah, I mean, it could have been how well, Jamie I mean, thinks about it. Jamie thinks I was sitting there and I could have said who it would be, you know? Yeah. And he says, I'll wait for Robert. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it was that much up in the air because they didn't have a plan because they didn't know Tywin was going to show up and do what he did. Um, you know, so it's well, kind it of like there was like a, a well thought out plan of, okay, we're going to get here. We're going to do this. This is going to be how it's going to go. So I, maybe he never had to confront those questions, Ned. I mean, I think he didn't. And I, and I think he kind of, just isolated himself for what from what would have been morally questionable choices because as much as Ned harps on honor and how you know yes Jamie did break his Kingsguard oath but I mean were Robert and Ned any less obligated to not rebel against Eris no I mean he was their rightful king and they did it anyway it was treason you know yeah you can argue that maybe it's worse what Jamie did which I think Ned tells himself it's kind of like you know like mm. you know when you know someone who has a vice like you know maybe they're 
you know, have a drug addiction or they smoke or something. And you're like, well, I don't do that. You know, I'm better than that. And there's an element (laughs) of that with Ned where he kind of is telling himself he's better than Jamie because Jamie is somehow some degree worse than he is when the truth is everybody was committing treason. There's also, again, I'm just going back to the many, many, many meetings I've been in over the last, I don't know how many months now. Um, There's the, I don't have a solution. You should have a solution. I don't like your solution, but I'm not going to come up with one. And I kind of feel that's part of what's going on, except maybe less bitchy on Ned's part. (laughs) It's a little bitchy sometimes. Yeah, but it's just that sort of like, I don't like what you came up with. I don't, you know, and if someone were to go to Ned and go, well, what would you have done? I mean, he probably couldn't come up with one, but, you know, it's just... Well, and the funny thing is, in a sense, in this chapter, we see what Ned would have done, because all Ned will do is kind of throw a fit and disagree. But does Ned do anything to actively save Danny's life? He doesn't. And, you know, there's, there's, there's this kind of moral high ground that you seed when you see something, you know, bad happening and you don't actively involve yourself. I mean, we see this throughout the books. There, this, yeah. you know, like Jamie does this. A lot of people do this where they see something bad happening and they they don't actually do anything to stop it. They just sit there and go, well, this is not cool. I don't like this. I wouldn't do this. But then they don't actually do anything to that's stop it. And that's exactly why, what Ned does here. That's probably why Jamie is so perturbed with Ned because like, you know, it's pretty easy to take a moral high ground when all you got to do is like sit back and let other people do what's necessary. Arm, armchair quarterback it yeah yep i mean i this is sounding like i hate ned or something i, I don't i totally understand ned that's a completely <sighs> he's got some weaknesses person. yeah and and yeah. it's just not cool the hypocrisy is, is yeah. the least cool thing about ned yep all right next part of the question is in the ned what were you thinking section i've got two questions um what do you think of the logistics of of bobby killing danny himself would have been uh, sending the king to the Dothraki Sea, kidnapping the Khaleesi. I mean, even if they had managed it, I can't think of a better way to motivate Khal Drogo than to lead to lead his people across the sea. <laughs> yeah, that's just like there. This is a perfect example of what we were just talking about. Like yeah. for Ned to tell Robert, you know, if you're going to make the sentence, you should swing the sword. It's like it's just—it's obvious Ned is just saying that to to shame Robert. Yeah, into not it's, doing it's, what he's not, doing. It's, it's not, not a real suggestion. Yeah, I think it's. there's no way that would have worked. Um, and then uh, next part is, so he Ned and his daughters leave first, but what happens to the people left behind if shit hits the fan? Does Ned expect the Lannisters to let them leave peacefully? Does he think they are acceptable losses? Why is he telling Littlefinger they are leaving when he's trying to keep it a secret? Well, I think him trying to leave with, you know, Sansa and Arya first is, you know, that's kind of his number one priority are his children and the other people. Yeah, they're acceptable losses compared to his daughters. He's just got to get out quick. And I mean, it is it's not just like I mean, I know the show made it seem like there were like two people. But in the book, it's like that's a household. That's a lot of people. It's probably like 20 to 30 people, right? Oh, I oh, think no, it's easily just like, it's, it's 50 it's armed men. There are 50 armed and men. There's and there's all the people in the other hel- I mean, there's um, yeah. Jane Poole and her father. There's a whole bunch of people, all their servants. I'm sure it's at least 100 people. 100 people. Maybe more. I think he's telling Littlefinger because he's 
being stupid. I mean, he just he's, doesn't. He's just not smart about this. I don't know what else to say about it. He's just not. This is not. This is the, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on, you know, shame on me. This Won't is get just. get fooled a, again. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, my feelings towards Danny and the Targs aside, hearing this. All, this all men council discuss how she is a threat only in relation to her ability to have a male heir makes me both laugh and um, get angry. It is a pity that most of them are dead already because I would love for Drogon to literally bite them in the ass. I mean, she did have a miscarriage, Ned, so don't <laughs> mind the three fucking dragons. I mean, I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah, it's just hashtag not all men, but yeah. I know that's um, very valid. Buck O'Hare um, asks, what if Ned had convinced Robert? I don't know. I, I mean, this... I don't think it would have changed anything, no. really, because the assassination attempt fails. So all this did is just create a rift between Ned and Robert at the exact last moment that they needed one. Well, I think I think Drogo doing anything is delayed a little bit, but not much. Uh, yeah, no, I, well, I mean, Drogo never does cross the narrow sea. So it, it, I mean, in the end it's moot. It really doesn't change anything that way. I mean, in, in a Drogo lives situation, I suppose there would be a different discussion, but I mean, as everybody has already discussed in the Danny chapters, Drogo does not seem to be in any, any hurry to go conquer Westeros. Yeah. It's just taking his time. Um, we also got two general things. I'm going to do this a little out of order because the last thing I thought was really, really awesome. Um, we did get a Tumblr. Not that Tumblr non, your question isn't awesome, too. Um, uh, hypothetically, how do you think Jamie? This is totally nothing to do with our chapters. Chapter. Um, hypothetically, how do you think Jamie's character would be received by general book fandom if the Valonqar prophecy didn't exist? Because it's amazing to me how many really thoughtful and big name book fans will barely even discuss what Jamie's actually done in canon because they take it for granted that his entire story is going to end in massive moral failing. So his entire character must be analyzed from that stated endpoint. Especially frustrating when coming from Theon and Sandor stands, by the way. Yeah, especially Sandor. Yeah. I mean, I have just discussed and stated my my absolute hatred for the Valonqar prophecy since the beginning of this podcast, and I will continue to do so until our last episode. It's the dumbest fucking retcon George put in the books, and that's really saying something, as we see from more recent chapters here. Um, and it might not even be Jamie, so whatever. It might not. I think George means for it to be Jamie. I don't argue with that, but to think that that is the crux of Jamie's story is ludicrous to me. So that's all I'll say about that. So lastly, um, I don't know if you guys were, I I don't remember who was on the app, but um, we've got the commenter from Finland and we had asked for recipes. (laughs) So Sarah Tat, um, she commented, or they commented it on Podbean, um, and then they sent us a Gmail um, saying, I do eat fish, just not red meat or chicken, but I'm not very good at making it. Uh, too expensive for my budget, and then I just never got used to it. Um, recommends pan-fried vendays um, covered with rye flour. Lots of butter and salt are awesome and not too hard to make. Um, but then it's not like anyone 
eats mainly their own culture's food anymore. Everyone loves pizza and takeout and the best of every other culture. Um, promises to look some fun things up for them and email, email them with love from Finland. Sorry. Well, we got the email and I got to say, I think I want to try at least to make this one thing. And I think we should post these on our Tumblr. But they sent us some Finnish recipes. They look super good. There's this picture of, uh, it's called Rosoli, I think is how you say it. It's a beet salad and it looks amazing, especially now that it's summer for, you know, most of the world. I love beet salad. I love beets. I just love beets. And then this thing called a Karelian pie pastry thing, which is like this pastry that you put um, either... uh, for, I guess it's traditional to use a rice porridge, but they said um, mashed potato in the center and you like basically fold it over and you bake it and it looks really good. So I think love. we could maybe post those on Tumblr. Yeah, we should do. We could put them on a Tumblr as well as Patreon would be kind of a cool place to put that. And same okay. with that um, in the motherhood episode, everyone was talking about how beautiful that spreadsheet was. Maybe we could do like a PDF of that spreadsheet. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. All right. So that's our mail. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for sending those in. And we do love getting your messages. So if you'd like, you can uh, email us at close the door and at gmail.com. You can reach us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Um, please consider uh, supporting this podcast on Patreon. Um, please, wherever you can, like, subscribe, review, recommend this podcast. It really helps kind of get us out there. That's going to wrap this episode up. So thank you for podcasting. I am now closing the door. Get out.